0: How y'all doing, party people? Feeling good tonight? I mean, we started the night off with some ruckus out in the atrium. We got to come in here and have a little bit more ruckus while we uh, sing out to Jesus. And so now we're going to get into a little bit more ruckus as we keep talking about this whole idea of our identity. I mean, we've had three weeks of talking about this. I hope you've enjoyed it. We did some different things throughout this series. Um, The past two weeks, we've been splitting you guys up. Guys and girls to talk through the identity of a man and a woman and what a godly man and a godly woman look like. And so I hope you enjoyed that. I hope that sparked maybe some new uh, conversations, some, some new thoughts. Uh, and got your small group really in on what it looks like to be a godly man and a godly woman. And how that affects both you and it affects how you view the other gender. And so tonight we're going to kind of bring it all back together And we're going to talk about how these specific roles that God's called us into, these identities that God's called us into, how we can actually accomplish that, how we can live in that every single day. So tonight is really, really important to get because it's it's the how to all the things we've talked about. So just to recap a little bit, uh, we're trying to remember the identity that God made us for the identity God gave us in the first place. The problem is sin causes us to forget it. We've forgotten who we truly are. So a lot of us walk around like a bunch of John and Jane Does, just living like typical guys and girls, not really knowing who, the, who, who we are and what we're really doing. And so sometimes we just mimic behavior that we see, things that we've heard or we're supposed to do. And it's not really the thing that God has wired us up to do. It's just something we do because we don't know anything else to do. And so for guys, we specifically talked to you guys a couple weeks ago, and we, we just talked about how you don't have to be prideful and look for ways to get others to respect you, because in Jesus you find the pride of a Father who loves you and who lifts you up in His strength. And then last week we talked to you girls, and my wife was here helping me communicate this whole idea that you don't have to question or strive for your worth. Because in Jesus... You are a worthy daughter of the Most High King who makes you his beloved princess. You are literally royalty if you are a son or daughter of God. And that's all of you in the house. And so that's what we've talked about the past few weeks. And we keep coming back to the same verse. So I just want to remind you this verse. 1 Peter 2, verse 9. It says, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. God's special priesthood possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. This is who we are. We're meant to be holy. We're meant to be set apart. This this possession, this this thing that God loves so much, he loves us. And because he loves us, it changes who we are. And so that last phrase is the thing we're going to kind of focus in on tonight, okay? It says, He called us out of darkness and into his wonderful light. I think that's the key to us continuing to live this thing out, this identity out. Because if we're asking, what does that collectively look like for us to live in this new identity? This analogy of light is really going to help us. Okay, so let's look at John chapter 8, verse 12. It says, When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness but will have the light of life. So let me ask you a question. Can you see in the dark? No, it's a very simple answer. I do not care if you have night vision goggles. We're not talking crazy sci-fi stuff, okay? We're talking, literally, if you're out in pitch blackness, can you see? No, you cannot. You have to have some type of light to see. Some of you will say, well, if my eyes adjust, then I can start to see. That's right. What are your eyes adjusting to? The light in the room. So you need light to see. Light is necessary for you to see what's going on, for you to see what is actually true. So then this starts to make sense when we start to talk about our our identity, right? If you want to see who you really are, you need to see. And if you need to see, you need what? Yes! Thank you! You're tracking. I love it. So if we need light, and we find out right here that Jesus is light, and the name we keep coming back to is Jesus Does it not make sense that Jesus is going to be the key for us going forward in realizing what our true identity is? It's going to continue to come back to Jesus because he says he is the light. So if he is the light, and when we're called into his marvelous light, that's when we see who we truly are, then he is going to be completely tied to who our identity really is. Okay? So... When we actually become awakened to the reality of our identity in Jesus because he is the only one who, who can enable us to see who we really are, it's because he is this light. Okay, so it's, it, hopefully it's clicking for you, starting to make sense. Now, you look at Ephesians chapter 5 verses 8 and 9 and it says this about darkness and light. It says, for you were once darkness, we were in darkness, we, we were darkness in that we had no light in us because light is who? Jesus. So if you don't have Jesus, you don't have what? Light. So if you don't have light, then you are in darkness. Are you with me so far? So if we don't have Jesus, we're in darkness. If we have Jesus, we're in light because Jesus is light. Now, Ephesians chapter 5, 8 and 9. For you were once darkness because you didn't have Jesus. Okay, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light for the fruit of the light consists of all goodness, righteousness and truth. Now that we know who we are, we're actually supposed to live like it. Now that we know what our true identity is, who we actually are. Like guys, we talked about, you don't need to be prideful. You need to humble yourself before the Lord so that He will lift you up. Girls, we talked about the fact that you are dearly loved. God goes out of His way to pursue you the same way He did the woman at the well. He offers you eternal life, not because He feels sorry for you, but because He loves you. You are worthy of His love. So if those things are true, we realize that's who we are, then now, because we know who we are, things should start to change in us. We don't live like John Doe or Jane Doe anymore. We don't live like somebody who doesn't know who they are, who's on this insecure fuzzy foundation, just not sure, like, you could look in a mirror and have no idea who you are. Like, we know who we are because we know Jesus. Now that we know Jesus, we start to know what we're supposed to do with our life. So our life is literally supposed to look different, and some of the things that are mentioned right there in Ephesians are you're supposed to start to see goodness, you're supposed to start to see righteousness, and you're supposed to start to see truth in your life. So, now that we know that, that kind of stuff should start to pop up in our life. This reminds me of like so many of my favorite movies. Um, I think of movies like The Born Identity. Anybody seen any of The Born Identity movies? There's like five of them. Yeah, okay. So the whole idea, right, is this guy, and I'm not talking about The Born Legacy. We'll just throw that one out there. Um, that one doesn't count in this. I'm talking about the original ones with Jason Bourne, and he forgets who he is like he's on this mission he has something happen to him that causes him to forget who he is he's like shot and thrown over a a boat and stuff but he wakes up and he's like uh who am i um and then he's like how come i know that i can run this fast and i know how many people are in the room and i know that one guy right there can probably fight pretty well and i can disassemble a gun in like two seconds like why? why can i do all this stuff how do i know how to do this stuff it's because he didn't know his identity was but what happens as the movies progress and he realizes who he is? His actions change. He doesn't act like a dude who just is like, eh, I'm just a guy. I don't know anything. I don't even know who I am. He's like, no, oh, oh, I'm Jason Bourne. I'm a secret agent. I know how to like, destroy everyone in the room right now. And he starts to actually do that. Like he beats everyone up. You think about movies like The Matrix. I don't know if you've ever seen The Matrix. It was huge when I was uh, at the end of high school going into college. Like all the Matrix movies were coming out. And it's this guy who's living in this world and apparently is like the chosen one, right? And he doesn't know he's the chosen one. But then once he realizes he's the chosen one, then he's able to do all of these crazy things. Like Stop bullets. And do these things because of who his identity is. His identity is he's the chosen one. Because he's the chosen one, he's able to do all these crazy things. So his actions changed once he realized what his identity was. And then I mentioned one of these other ones. One of my favorites is the Lion King. You remember this when I talked about this the first week? Yeah, Simba forgets who he is, and so he just acts like any anybody. You know, just dude hanging out in, in the jungle with a pig and, a, and a, a meerkat. Pretty normal stuff for a lion. Um, eating grubs. But then once he realizes he's the king, his identity changes and his actions change. And then, I haven't, I haven't talked a lot about this movie, but I love this movie so much. I love Tangled. It's like one of my favorite movies. And it's very, it, I feel like it gets a bad rap or it doesn't get enough attention because of Frozen. It kind of overshadowed Tangled. But Tangled, I feel, is a much better movie. Um, and the songs are better. I think everything's better about it. It's a much happier movie. Um, it's much funnier. Anyway, I won't go on that tangent. But same thing there, right? Rapunzel in this tower, she doesn't know who she really is. She always wants to go see the floating lights. Right? She doesn't realize she's the princess of the kingdom. Once she realizes that, what happens? Everything changes. What she does changes. Her behavior changes. What she does changes because she knows who she is now. And it's the same for us. When we realize who we are, we wake up to this identity. It should change things for us because we know Jesus now. When you know Jesus, man, things change. And so let's talk a little bit more about those things that are supposed to start popping up in our life, okay? He he mentions goodness. He mentions righteousness. He mentions truth. Then you look at John 15, 4 through 5, and it says this. There's significance in this whole statement for a couple of reasons, but let's talk about the obvious one first, okay? He's talking about fruit. Now, fruit represents the things we just talked about. Goodness, righteousness, truth. There's, there's a lot of other fruits of the Spirit that the Bible talks about that we don't have t- time to get into the whole list tonight. But just know there's a lot of things like peace and patience and kindness. There's things like that that start to pop up in a Jesus follower's life. And so those things should start to be evident in us, when we realize this new identity. Now, it's a process, okay? So I'm not sitting here saying, hey, if you know Jesus, and you haven't become a completely peaceful, patient, gentle person, then you don't really know Jesus. That's not what I'm saying to you. What I am saying to you is that more of those things should start popping up in our life the further we follow Jesus. You with me? It's just like anything else. You start to pick up the game of tennis. You don't know how to play tennis, but you start learning. You're not going to be a tennis pro on your first lesson. You're going to start to pick up on it, and you'll eventually start getting better at serving and, and hitting and, and keeping it within the boundaries of the tennis court, and eventually you're going to start being able to hit it harder. You get better, and more of those attributes of a tennis player start to become evident in your life the longer that you practice. The longer that you follow Jesus, the more of the way Jesus lived becomes evident in your life. And that is all because of your identity in him. You follow him because you know him. And you know him because you have trusted in him as your savior to rescue you from your sin. You've embraced your identity, who God made you to be in the first place. And when that happens, that is called you remaining in him, resting in him, trusting in him. The same way a branch trusts in a vine to provide it all the things it needs to produce fruit. You cannot be a good person, a truthful person, a righteous person, a peaceful person. You can't be any of those things for any sustained amount of time and in the truest sense of those words without being connected to Jesus. You can't do it. There's no way. It isn't possible. Because we are messed up, frail, weak people who can do good things and we can see positive things happen from time to time when we really try hard. But at the end of the day, none of that stuff is sustainable without Jesus. We've got to have him in our life. We've got to have that identity found in him in order to sustain this stuff and really see it continue to grow in our life and us to really be able to be that son and that daughter of God that he calls us to be. So, us remaining in him, are, there's some simple ways to do that, right? There's praying and reading your Bible. Now, we've mentioned those kind of a lot, and you probably hear those a lot at church. But here's the thing. How many of us actually do them on a consistent basis? Not just when you're freaking out because you didn't study for the test. Not just when you're scared to death, mom and dad's going to find out you did X, Y, or Z. Not when you are just like, man... It's been like two years since I cracked up on my Bible. Let's just check it out. Like not just random stuff like that, not just when you're in crisis mode, but like you genuinely want to know Jesus more. And so you're you're opening up your Bible to hear about him, and you're talking to him to ask him to help you with things, but also just to tell him what's going on, like to vent to him sometimes. I mean, there's all kinds of things you can talk to God about. But that relationship of talking and listening is going to be a huge part of you remaining in him so that you can have these fruits, these things popping up in your life that reveal your character and your identity in Jesus. Now, the other big part of that statement is Jesus keeps saying, I am, before he says things. He says, I am the light of the world. And then with this statement we just read, he says, I am the vine, right? Now, I am is kind of a big deal. And when I say kind of a big deal, I mean, it's like a really, really big deal in the Bible um, because it's the name of God. But it's not like a name of God. It's like the name of God. Why is it the name of God? Well, it's because that's the name of God that God gave himself. You remember the story of Moses? He's at the burning bush, and he's scared to death of going to go try to help free his people from slavery in Egypt. Well... He's scared, and he's like, man, I don't want to go. What do I even tell the Pharaoh when I get there? And God's like, you know what? Just tell him I am sent you. It's the first time God names himself. And it's this huge, like, name, I am. Because it means, like, everything. Because he didn't, like, put anything after it, right? Usually you hear I am, and then it's like, yes, go on. It's usually like I am dot, 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 what? You are what? But God says, no, no, I am. Period. It's like, whoa. So the name I am is revered by the Jewish people. This is the holiest of holy names for God. And Jesus keeps referring to himself as I am. He even goes as far to say in another part of scripture, just straight up, I am. And so Jesus continuing to refer to himself as I am is a huge deal for us because it helps us and reminds us of the fact that Jesus isn't just some guy. Jesus isn't some just good dude. He's not just a good teacher. He wasn't just a moral man. Jesus is God. In a person, like in a form of a a man, but he is fully God. And so he fully went through a person's death for us, And he fully rose back to life as a man, but as God. And he goes through all of that, having never sinned, and he does all of that for us because he loves us and wants us to have this identity that he made us for in the first place. And so I am is huge because it speaks to every reason why we would want to embrace this identity. If Jesus isn't really I am, then everything that I've been telling you about what your identity is doesn't mean anything. It's all a lie. You're not really worthy. You're not really loved. You're not really enough. You're not really going to be lifted up, guys. You, you you really, there's no one proud of you, ultimately. You're going to have to try to fight for that respect. Good luck. All that stuff is, is just not true. If Jesus isn't, I am, but What's amazing, what's awesome is that he is. It's like, how do you know he is? Well, because I have continued to see that for me firsthand. But then I've also seen it for other people firsthand for the entire time I've been working in student ministry. And then all of that matches up with what the Bible says. And then the Bible says it's written by God. So that means God says it. So that means all these things are matching up and all these things are true. None of them have been a lie. So why in the world would I question if it's true or not anymore when it's always been true? It's never stopped being true. And there's a whole lot more as to why we can believe the Bible and why we can believe God wrote this thing that we don't have time to get into tonight. But God is real. He really loves you. He really gave Jesus for you. And the fact that Jesus is I am makes all of this identity stuff we've been talking about possible. And so kind of the thing that I'll, I'm hoping kind of sticks with you through this series is, is a, little, a little phrase, okay? And, and I hope it, it kind of hits you the way it hit me. And, and it's this, you find out who you really are when you find yourself in I Am. You find out who you really are when you find yourself in I Am. And we, we know who I Am is, Right? It's Jesus. So when you find yourself in Jesus, when you find yourself in all of the things that he is about, all the things he's called you to, all the things that he called us to follow him in, that is when you're finding yourself. That is when you are in your identity. That's when you're, you are that guy or that girl that has been set aside, pulled, up, put apart, you're holy, and you're his cherished possession. And the thing is about that, it's not just for us. Because when you're called into the light, and you now have this light, you're standing in this light, and you know your identity. If you don't have Jesus, you're standing in what? Darkness. And if you now have Jesus, you're standing in light. So if you're surrounded by people who don't know Jesus, do you think they're going to see you? Let me rephrase. If there's a bunch of people walking around in the darkness, and then all of a sudden somebody who has light walks around, do you think those people will see you? Yes, absolutely. And not only will they see you, but because you have this light, you have an ability to show them the way to find the light themselves. You have an ability now, a responsibility by God, to take this Jesus identity, this Jesus light, to the people who are in the darkness still, who don't know. They don't realize that they're worthy of love. They're still looking for it. You know that you're worthy of love because you know Jesus. They don't know. What if you told them about Jesus? Could change their entire world. What if you knew this dude that's constantly trying to earn respect and trying to be prideful and puff himself up because he just wants somebody to believe in him and be proud of him? You know Jesus believes in you. He's proud of you. He doesn't know that. What if you told him that? Could change his world Forever. What if all of us went around living in our identity? People see the goodness and the truth and the peace and the things that come out of our life, not because of us, but because of Jesus, and it draws them to Him. Sometimes you don't even have to say a word, it's just how you live. Sometimes you do say a word because that's what's required in the moment. But it's just you following Jesus, it's just you living in this identity. And you doing that shines light into the darkest places. It helps people see who they really are or who they really are missing out on them being. And it gives them this opportunity to step into it themselves. So tonight, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to read you this verse and then I'm going to give you a challenge. We're going to worship for a little bit and go to groups and talk about this more. But Matthew 5.16 5.16 says, In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Guys, if we step into this identity, if we step into I Am, not only will we find who we are, but we can help others find who they are. And so my challenge to you tonight is, is two, two folds, two, two, two things. One is, will you step into and lean into and depend on Jesus? every day, to be who you were meant to be. And for some of you, that may mean you need to accept Jesus for the very first time. you got to take that first step of faith in trusting that, that you need Him, you need a Savior, and stepping into the light for the first time. So some of you need to do that. Some of you have already done that, but you, you haven't really been just resting in this light, realizing who you are in this light. You haven't actually seen some of these characteristics of your identity coming out because you haven't been following Jesus. So that's the thing you need to do. But then the third challenge is, for all of us in the room that know Jesus, we are, we are in this identity, we're in this light, is to take that light to the people who are in the darkness. And so that might be the thing you need to step out of tonight with, is Embracing that challenge. I'm gonna introduce my friends, my family to this light through the way I live out my identity, through the things I do, the way the ways I talk. And just let God's character come out in me. Let Jesus' character come out in me. And so that when they see it, they realize, man, like I can see that they know who they are. I get this different like, confidence from them, not like they're cocky, but like they, they aren't unsure. They know. It's because you know the truth. You know Jesus. You know yeah. real love. And so if that's you tonight, you need to take any of those steps. You want to step into any of those challenges and take them on. You're saying, yes, I'm, I'm down for this. I want to either accept Jesus for the first time then, and, and embrace that identity as a son and daughter of God who's, who's loved and cherished, then do that. If it's I need to step into that identity like and actually step into it and follow Jesus in it, I need to start to actually have a relationship with him and let his character come out in me and that identity actually be present in my life, then, then you might need to do this. And if it's you who are needing to reach out to those in the darkness, then you might need to do this. But if it's any of those things... I want to ask you to just come forward and not just stand. And I don't want you to just come forward and like look around and be like, okay, cool, here I am. No, no, no. This is like a a moment and a statement between you and God. It has nothing to do with any of the rest of us in here. This is just between you and God, you coming forward, and you are going to symbolically kneel down on your knees. And the reason for that is you're submitting to God. You're submitting to this identity that he's given you. You're embracing it. And you're also submitting to this call that he's given to your life to shine your light into the world. Because at the end of the day, it's not your light, right? It's his. It's showing Jesus to everybody that is, is in your world of influence, anybody that you're around, anybody in your path. So if you want to do any of those things, you're saying yes to any of those things, I want to ask you after I'm done praying to just come down to the front. It could be right here. It could be in, the, in front of the steps. And I want to ask you to kneel down and want to ask you to just talk to God and ask him to help you do whatever that step is that you're, you're committing to take with him tonight.